In uh, the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called into one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. Feels like a party up in here, doesn't it? Thank you, choir. And you see how they all clapped on the beat? I was so proud. Well, happy birthday, Westridge. Yeah. We have uh, come a long way in the last 18 years. Uh, Some of you have gotten a lot older and look a lot older, I'll tell you that. Um, But, uh, you know, it's been an incredible, incredible journey for a lot of us. And as many of you know, and it's not a secret, I uh, wasn't a fan of church for the longest time, for most of my life, actually. I... I grew up as a pastor's kid, and by the time I hit my early 20s, I had hit pretty much my threshold and was pretty much done with the whole church thing. And I had not only walked away from the church, but I'd walked away from my relationship with God for several years. And then coming back, you know, after I kind of had this moment where I kind of got what grace was all about, what God was all about, I wanted back in. And I started looking for a church, and there was nothing that I found that I connected with or felt comfortable with. There were places that I went where I felt judged. There were places that I went that just felt like fake. And it just probably I could honestly say that the most uncomfortable place that I was in that time was in the church. And so uh, that's why I made the decision to start Westridge. I felt like if I felt that way, maybe there were a few other people that felt the same way. And uh, so we wanted to create a church that was a safe place where you could come and struggle and explore your faith and know that you would not be judged and that you would always be accepted here. And that's what Westridge is all about, is being a place of authenticity and acceptance. And now... Some 20 years later, I can hardly imagine my life today without the church, without this church. I love Sunday mornings now. There's a group of people here who just aren't afraid to be real. People who live courageously by being honest about who they are and the stuff that they've been through and the stuff that they're going through and accepting other people openly who do the same. People who aren't afraid to feebly but passionately follow Jesus fall on their face and not be embarrassed to get back up in front of everybody, brush yourself off, 
and walk back down that narrow dirt path that leads to Jesus. I love that. I'm proud to be part of this church, and I feel like Westridge is a gift from God. So happy 18. And I feel like this is a very, very special place, and I hope we have at least another 18 together. Well, today uh, we're in the middle of this series called In the Twinkling of an Eye, and it was really born out of a conversation that I had uh, with my dad's wife when tragedy hit. Their lives completely changed like that, and it was just a real wake-up call for me where I just felt like, you know what, we're all getting older, we're all you know, kind of at that age where stuff happens, and we need to kind of get it together, right? I mean, we need to get really for real about what's going on in our lives. And so today I want to talk about, because this is the the birthday of the church, I just want to talk about the church for a little bit in a real way and kind of talk about why we do this church thing, right? I mean, I mean, I guess it begs the question If you were to go around and you were to ask people why it is they go to church, why do you think people would say that they go to church? You know, I I think a lot of people would say, well, I go for my kids. I want my kids to be raised in the ways of God. I want them to have values. I want them to, you know, have a great place to come and to learn about God, which is great. Some people would say, well, you know, I I come out of a sense of tradition. My family has always done this. And quite frankly, I'm afraid to tell my mom if I don't go to church. (laughs) And, you know, you kind of go, okay, that's great. But really, what's it doing for you? Is it something that you just do? Or... Is it a meaningful part of your life? Church means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but in that Ephesians passage that I read earlier, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church that is going through some problems. And I always think it's funny when we get so surprised when a church goes through problems, because the church has been going through problems for like 2,000 years. Right? Because the church is full of imperfect people who can really, really screw things up. And the church at Ephesus was no exception. There was disunity. There was infighting going on. And so in response to that, the Apostle Paul tries to communicate to the church at Ephesus what the church really is supposed to be all about. And so in that Ephesians 4 passage, he he says a few things, but I just want to focus in on two verses, in verses 2 and 3. And I'm just going to read those again because he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Is this resonating with you right now? Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I have to tell you, if I didn't know any better, I'd say this whole church thing sounds like a lot of work. It sounds exhausting to me. I mean, he's saying things like be humble and gentle, be patient, bear with one another. I mean, that sounds exhausting. Bear with one another in love. 
and make every effort to keep unity. I mean, doesn't it sound like a lot of work to you? And if what you read in the Bible is true, then maybe there's more to this church thing than just coming in and sitting for an hour or so and hearing some great music and listening to a great message and make sure that you get home in time for to watch the Bears game, which, if the last couple weeks is any indication, is not even worth it. I don't even know why you're even making the effort to do that. But you have to ask yourself, if, if the church really is that much work, seriously, why would you even want to come? With as much work as it takes just to do the daily grind, day in and day out, with as exhausting as it is just to survive this life, just to make it through another day, why would anybody want to come to a church where there is even more required of me? Well, I can tell you this. After my own personal experience over the last 18 years, and a lot has happened in my life, I guess the question for me would be different. I mean, my take on it is this. With all of the hurt that we experience, With all the pain that there is in life. With all of the cruelty and the junk that goes on in this world. Why would anybody not be knocking down the doors just to be part of the church? I think that what the Apostle Paul was really getting at in those verses is that totally acknowledges that life is hard, right? And the world can be cruel. But I think the point is that if we have any hope of getting through this life and living the way that God designed us to live, then we're going to have to do it together. Because whether you like it or not, God designed us that the way that we make it is in community. The way that we grow is in community. The way that we build faith is in community. You see, at the heart of the church is a group of people who have been so radically transformed by the grace of God that when in the twinkling of an eye, your life changes, that this group of people unconditionally not only accept you, but love you and encourage you and walk with you through those hard times and help you pull through it. When the church is as it should be, when the church is, as we say, never church as usual, then it never pretends to be perfect because we're a long way from that. It never pretends to have all the answers or a corner on the market of truth and that our truth is is more accurate than somebody else's truth. We never promise that we'll always have it all together. But instead, when the church is as God created it to be, in spite of our imperfections and our 
flaws, we have been so changed by the grace of God that none of that matters. That we can overlook all of the junk in our lives, in each other's lives, and we can stand together and we can get each other's backs so that we can make it to the end together. God didn't create the church for no good reason. I mean, you can't blame me for this whole church thing. God did that. This is his idea. And, and I think that because of that, we have to take a much more serious attitude about the role that the church plays in my life. Because God designed it. God created it so that you would be a part of it. I mean, when you look at the Bible, the reality of it is, you have the Old Testament, where a lot of crazy things happen. And then you have the New Testament, where Jesus is born, he dies, he rises from the dead, he ascends into heaven, and the whole rest of the Bible is about what? It's about the church. This is like important stuff. He didn't make this whole church thing up so that we could just kind of casually attend every now and then just to get our church fix. He created the church so that we could become part of a community of believers who stand together, who struggle together, who are on a journey through this life together. And the church is the only survival tool that we have where we can have any hope of being able to leave this world with our faith left intact, which, by the way, ain't easy and requires a whole lot of work. I don't know how somebody can survive this world without the church. As flawed as it can be, as imperfect as it can be, as much work as the church can be, The church is the only thing that is worth investing our lives in because at the end of the day, as the world comes to an end and everything else fades away, the church will be the only thing left standing. And so I just encourage you, don't take the church lightly. This is a God thing. That's why every year we celebrate the birth of this church, so that we never forget that this place is a gift from God. And we believe that investing our lives in this church is something that lasts beyond the grave, that our work here is not in vain. It has purpose. It has meaning. And so if this place isn't for you, I would just tell you, Find a church home. Dig in and commit. Look, I know Westridge is not for everybody. This is a funky little place we got going on here. I get that. And if this church is not right for you, it's okay. But find a church for you that fits, that helps you build your faith, that encourages you, that helps you grow. We're not in competition with other churches. We're all here struggling, trying to do the same thing. But wherever it is that you decide to go, make a commitment. 
Stop church hopping. Plant roots. Dig in. Come hell or high water. Plan on spending the rest of your life in that place. I say every birthday Sunday, the same thing. I have every intention of spending the rest of my life here at Westridge. And barring some act of God, you people are stuck with me. I think I'm a little more tolerable now that I have Shelby, so I think you guys kind of like me more at least. But hopefully you realize very quickly, if you've been coming here for any time at all, that we're doing this journey together. Because more than anything else, we want to make it to the end of the narrow dirt path that leads to Jesus together. Through the good times and the bad times and the crazy times, we're committed to each other because that's what the church does. We don't give up on each other. We don't abandon each other. We don't leave a church just because somebody upsets us or somebody says something or the pastor says some crazy thing from stage or they serve wine in the cafe for their concerts. If we did that, like if every little thing bugged us and we left the church because these things were bugging us, then we'd be church hopping for the rest of our lives. I mean, because there is no perfect church. But if Westridge is going to be the church for you, if this is the place you want to be, then dig in. Take ownership of this place and help make it great. Be part of this community of people who passionately want to feebly, imperfectly follow Jesus. What I've learned through the years is that if we are not invested, fully invested, then we're off on the sidelines and we never ever get into the game. Because it's a comfortable place to be to just kind of sit over off the side and just observe. Because the more we have invested in a place, the more meaningful it becomes. You know, people ask me all the time if we have membership here, and the answer is no, we don't have membership, because we never want to be a church that excludes anybody. We don't want to say, you're in and you're out. We never want to be like that. But I would say this. That if you're fully invested here, your time, your money, your resources, your personality, your, your gift mix, the more invested you are, I promise you this, it is more meaningful than any piece of paper that says you're a member. Because instead, you're an owner. You take ownership of this place. And when that happens... Let me tell you something. All of a sudden, you give a rip. You care about people that you know nothing about. You care whether or not this church is reaching people who are far from God. You care that what you're doing in serving isn't just plugging some hole. It isn't something that you're doing out of some sense of obligation. It's something that you're doing that is making a difference in somebody's life that will last for the rest of eternity. You care. 
Are you invested enough in Westridge that you care? That you can call this place home? That you can be part of this community and stand together with this group of people who are just kind of muddling our way through? If you don't, I would just challenge you. Commit. Get involved. Contribute. Give. Serve. I mean, we are all busy. Let's just get that on the table. Our calendars are full. We got all kinds of stuff going on. We've got kids stuff and we got job stuff. We got family stuff. Our calendars are full. But let me be clear. What God asks us to do is to clear our calendars of the stuff that doesn't make a difference. And to fill our calendars with the stuff of God. The stuff that will make a difference when this life ends. Last year, we lost two incredible Westridgers who were both very invested and very influential in the success of this church. Paul Snow White and Norm Whitney both passed this last year. And I don't think they could have been two more different people, really. (laughs) But they both loved this church for the same reason. That this is a grace-filled place where authenticity oozes and they knew that when people walk through the doors of this church that they will be accepted and loved here. Both of these men were taken way, way before their time. But before they went, they taught me a lot. Their faith was absolutely beautiful to watch. And even though they were taken early, neither one of them were bitter. Neither one of them were angry. Their biggest concern was that the people that they loved and the people around them, that they accepted Jesus because more than anything else, they just wanted to see him again. And just before Norm died, he said, Darren, I'm just so grateful for the work that we've done here at Westridge. He says, it's such a unique place, and I just love being part of that community. And now I want you to know that I'll be waiting for you on the other side. But until then, he said, I'm going to grab a nice bottle of wine. I'm going to sit up on some branch in heaven and I'm going to look down and I'm just going to cheer you on until the very end. That's the church. That's what it means to be part of a community where we're not just tolerating each other. We're loving each other. We're encouraging each other. No matter how much somebody may bug you or drive you nuts, no matter what, we get each other's backs and we cheer each other on until the very end. And we cross the finish line of this life together. 
And the good news is this. On that day, in the twinkling of an eye, when you move from this world and into the next, you won't have to walk alone. Because when you walk through those pearly gates, you're going to hear off of the distance somebody playing some really bad bluegrass. <laughs> and Paul singing some kind of song that he loves to sing. And then you're going to see some funny looking little man with a funny little laugh who says, Hey, Westridge is over here. Now I have to warn you that if you're part of Westridge, that the section of heaven you may find yourself ending up in may be more of a gravel road than the streets of gold. (laughs) But I will promise you this, that if we stay the course, if we are unmoved, if we do the struggle through this life together, that we will all hear those words that every follower of Jesus wants to hear on that day when Jesus looks at you and says I so love you 